2: Another episode, another episode. Welcome back to TV I Say with me, Ashley Ray, your host, your favorite TV critic, your favorite TV writer, person, just overall general knowledgeable TV person. I'm back with another episode of TV I Say, your favorite hangout sitcom of a podcast, where I'm going to talk about all the TV I love. the things that have been making me excited with some of your favorite tv people today i have john hodgman and david reese the creators and stars of dicktown uh, one of my favorite animated adult sitcoms that's that's come out recently it's on fx so we're going to get into it with them we're going to talk about all the shows i watch and the generational gap there Uh, we get into below deck john's a huge fan it's going to be really fun and we're going to talk about frogging this new Lifetime show about people who secretly live in your walls in your attic and how it terrified me. But it is my mom's new favorite show. So we're going to get into it today. Let's go! TV I say. Welcome back to another episode of TV I Say. Today, my wonderful guests are the amazing John Hodgman and David Reese, the writers, Voice actors, comedians, the two creative voices, basically, behind Dicktown. You're the only two people who write the show, I believe, right?
3: This is so. Correct. I concur. <laughs> Didn't occur to us that we could have asked someone else to do it. That would have made it easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Next time, maybe. Do you enjoy being each other's only writing partners? Is it a, a good balance? Wow. We're or do right you fight, the like, the, the, the two on the stuff. show? I
2: mean, I mean,
3: you you put it on the table. I'm going to tell you, it's been, it's been fraught. It's been <laughs> fraught. It's been fun. No, I mean, it's been fun. It's been the opposite of fraud. Total fun. It's the only person that I've ever written with ever for any length of time. And David and I have been friends for a couple of decades, and very much sort of solo artists. Um, but when we started talking yeah. about this idea, we both, we both, it, it clicked, and we've had a wonderful time working together and writing on it.
2: Yeah, it's. I think brilliant it's one of the my favorite shows of this year i i just caught oh, this first you. and wow, second wait. season yeah i i started watching it and i was like how come nobody told me about this where where was you know where was it where i'm in love with it i watched all of it in like two days uh, i absolutely love the dynamic between john uh, hunchman in the show and david purefoy uh your characters yeah, those are just some uh, random
3: names we chose <laughs> that have nothing to do with the fact that the characters are Essentially, extensions of us, and it is kind of our relationship. I'm kind of an insufferable dweeb, Uh, and and David is a lovable bully.
2: Yeah, and you know who doesn't (laughs) love just a case of the week, kind of Scooby Doo esque mystery. It's it's the perfect show
3: for those of you for those of your listeners who might not know, and I would count that to be all of them. (laughs) Dicktown is a show on Hulu, animated, in which I play a character who was a a famous boy detective when he was a teenager and now is a middle-aged man who is still solving mysteries for teenagers at the beginning of the show and is very pathetic. And David Reese plays David Purefoy, who was my character's childhood bully and arch nemesis, who is now also sort of failed to thrive and living in our hometown of Richardsville, North Carolina, a.k.a. Dicktown, and is sort of my only friend and my driver and my hired muscle. And we solve mysteries for for teens at first and then later for more adult people. The show gets into, I think, some really
2: interesting uh, talk, conversations around different generations, uh, how you guys kind of deal with these teenagers. We're going to get into all of that. Yeah, we'll get into you all know. of
3: it. We'll get into all of it. My prediction? We'll get into all of it. Yeah, good prediction.
2: Yes. See, you. this is the kind of insight that that makes Dicktown so brilliant.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
2: But first, we're going to go through my watch list. Let's see. Let's see if you watch any of the things I, you know, this young millennial watch. Uh, Let's see. You know, first up, Resident Alien just premiered its second part, starring Alan Tudyk as an alien who's hiding amongst humans on Earth. It's on sci-fi. It's really good.
3: I saw him on Instagram doing a dance in his alien costume. That's as (laughs) much as I've seen of that. I love an Alan Tudyk vehicle.
2: Oh, absolutely. And this, it gives him every chance to shine and just showcase that just comedic face he has. Uh, yeah, I, but isn't
3: his whole face hidden, though? That's the sad thing. Is Well, I, so he's he, got a nice face to look at.
2: So he is most of the time Alan's face playing this human character, but then oh. in mirror reflections, you see the actual alien. Oh,
3: good. Oh, that's better. So yeah, if you're in it
2: for Alan's face, you're, they quantum it, it's a good it. thing. Yeah, yeah, basically.
3: Yeah, I got you. Yeah.
2: And I had no idea this show was actually so popular with like all age groups. I was back home with my my nieces and nephews, and they all love this show. So it's popular with the kids.
3: Okay, I'll I'll I don't have any kids anymore; they're adults. (laughs) But if you say all ages, that includes them. I'll take a look at it.
2: Next up, A League of Their Own, which debuted last Friday on Amazon Prime Video. Based on the movie, uh, it actually takes on an entirely kind of new variation of these characters, some new characters. It's totally different story from the movie, if you're familiar with that. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I watched it all, and I thought it was so moving. It's incredibly gay. It's set in my hometown, Rockford, Illinois, and they get Whoa. the details right. Ooh, so, wow, that's yeah. cool. I've heard of that one, but I haven't seen
4: it.
3: What are some of the details about Rockford, Illinois, that they get right? Because I don't know a detail about Rockford.
2: Fair enough. Uh, First of all, Rockford Peaches are from there. They do get that Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Very important detail. Was that
3: a real historical baseball team? Yeah, yeah. So it
2: was real, you know, during World War II, all the men were gone. They were like, well, somebody's got to play baseball because this is America. So get (laughs) the women out there. Uh, And they set up these uh, female leagues throughout the Midwest. Uh, The Rockford Peaches are the most well-known. Uh, I grew up like right down from their baseball stadium, which they get pretty accurate in the the film, what it looked like. Uh, They actually shot it in Philadelphia, but they do a really wonderful job of putting up actual businesses that were in Rockford at the time. Logley's Grocery Store, The Office, which was one of the first gay bars in Rockford, Illinois, that that gets a shout out in the season. So, yeah, I appreciate accuracy when it comes to locations. They did a good job. Do you play baseball? No, not at all. (laughs) Do either of you play
3: baseball? No, no. Well, no. i to ask you this question. You said that The Office is a famous gay bar in Rockford, Illinois. Yeah. And was that around in the 40s? So apparently it
2: was. That's the, wow. the folklore I always grew up with was that originally, because by the time I was born, it was just an out-and-out gay bar, but originally right. it was supposedly you would go into an actual office and there was a back room where there was a oh. secret- Gay oh, bar. Was so it was like style. Speakeasy style, yeah. Right. That started like I guess during the Prohibition era, which was sure. a time when like that that's it helped gay bars flourish. Right. So that's the story
3: they so passed down. So cool. So cool. Yeah. All right. What is which of the which of the streams is this one on now? That
2: one is on Prime Video. Prime Amazon Prime yeah. Video. And okay. they they it's great. They make the story much gayer, blacker. It's mm you know it, but it's not trying too hard to do the the diversity thing i feel like so
3: it's great love it i'll look forward to it yeah
2: uh, next up on the list frogging p h r o g g i n g frogging on lifetime my mom okay. introduced me to this one so
3: okay i'm i really want to hear about <laughs> this one
2: Okay, yeah. So this show is about people who secretly live inside other people's houses, like in the oh. walls. Oh, in the, serious? Like, yeah, like in the rooftop. Like, there's a, a sitcom episode about this on Happy Endings where someone lives above their apartment and they don't know, and he's like coming down and taking food, and it's like, oh, that's so funny. But it turns oh, out that's wow. real. It's
3: real. And that's it's a called real frogging. Thing.
2: It's called frogging.
3: Is this a document oh or a reality? Or yeah, is it's a like
2: scripted? a, it's a reality show. Each week they feature like two different stories. There's that many stories that each week they feature like two whole different ones. There's two one and in, app? Yeah, two and app. Two and app. Frogging, Holy Hider yeah. in my house. Yeah, oh. frogging. Hider in my house. There's one oh about gosh. these like three college girls. Someone was living in their closet. They had no idea. There's another one where this woman like rejected this guy. She's like a teenage girl and you know, he's had a crush on her and then he broke into her house and was living behind this like fake wall to hide pipes. Frogging
3: with a pH.
2: Yeah. Frogging with a pH. I don't know why they chose that name. Hey
3: computer. Cancel my dinner plans tonight (laughs) and forever. (laughs) <laughs> watch this.
2: Maybe it's like
4: phishing, You know, when you go fishing for information in the hacker oh, world, that's right. spelled with a ph. So maybe freaking, frogging, freaking is a hacker. Freaking is too. also yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was all based on phone. Back yeah. when phones were the medium that you used for that stuff.
2: Okay. Yeah, and the, some of them do like hack into their computers and stuff. There was this one guy yeah. who planned to like do surgery on the family he was watching. Wait, had, sorry, like, what? Yeah, he was like living in their attic space and had like oh no, undone all of their plugs so he could like the plugs on the wall he so he could pull them out and watch them. And hey,
3: speak, speaking of plugs, I, this is a TV <laughs> uh, program, not a movie program, but uh, there's a great horror movie directed by my old high school friend Nick McCarthy called The Pact, which uh, it plugs into this a little bit. Just gonna say, yeah. Yeah. makes me, the fogging makes me think of this movie.
2: Yeah, it's scary. Like this guy well, was, yeah, no. he was like watching them and writing down their every move. And he was just like, okay, I'm going to skin them. And I'm going to try to like attach <sighs> arms to them. And he had all these like surgical plans and videos he had watched. It's a wild show. Is it a good show? Do you recommend uh, it? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's for me. I mean, as someone who like loves just. Hor- like horrifying reality TV, like evil uh-huh. lives here, true crime stuff. It's a good one. All right. And you know, most of the time, obviously, the people are telling you about it. So they didn't die. So
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right. true. Guaranteed that it's not going to be too grim.
2: Most of them are just like, and we left the house and never, ever went back. And I basically just burned it to the ground and was like, I'll never live here again.
4: Are there dramatic reenactments of people living in attics and peering oh, through
2: outlets and stuff? Oh, absolutely. All right. Oh, yeah. Like, the in between walls. I'm writing this I, one down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, next up on the list, and the last one on the list, Pea Valley, which just had its finale on Stars. I've heard of that
3: one, yeah. Yes. I've I've only heard about it listening to an episode of this podcast.
2: Fair enough. We did have two of the stars of the show on the podcast yes. last season. It is finally kind of getting the attention it deserves. There's been a lot of articles this past week about how it's the the like hit show of the summer that no one's talking about. It's so well written. They take on a lot of things this season, uh, yeah. like domestic violence, abortion. Uh, Megan the Stallion is in an episode this season. Oh. You get a you get a Meg plug. Come on, that's a big deal. So that's incredible. Uh, the Pink is a popular strip
4: club in Mississippi yeah. where intrigue abounds when the mysterious Autumn is welcomed by Mercedes the dancer and Uncle Clifford the club's discreet owner.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Yeah, it's a great stripper show, but it also, you know, is about heart and c- mm-hmm. connection and sisters and family and chosen family. So love yeah. it! Cool. Yeah, and I'll it also it, it does the stakes get really high. Personally, it gives me a heart attack every episode, so I wait until the season's over and then I watch all the episodes. So the season just ended. Now's right. the perfect time to binge. Right. right. So, okay. And that—that's my watch list. What are you two watching? What are you into right now?
3: Well, I have a question for you. I know that uh, speaking of reality, not horror, but sometimes horrifying, mm-hmm. I know that you were getting into the below deck sailing yacht,
1: which is oh, a yeah. big part oh, of my yeah. household.
2: Oh yeah, I—I I got into below deck, and I will never go back. I don't know why it took me so long. <laughs> It's—I like people made it seem like it was just like people on a boat getting drunk. I don't care about those parts. I don't care about the romance. I care about. The actual part when they're dealing with the customers. Yes. It's about yacht staff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, private yeah yachts yachts watched, staff on we private watched yachts.
4: that on a flight years and years ago. Did you like it? It was intriguing. There was a controversy about someone made a filthy towel animal and left it on somebody's bed. They made a phallic Ooh. towel animal, and it was like a mystery—like
3: who did this and why. Yeah, yeah, that was a great whodunit episode. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, there's so much just inner turmoil between these people. The tension is that wonderful. That show is still on. Oh, yeah.
4: Oh, there's so I many mean, spinoffs that was like now. Like eight
3: years ago, dude. Yeah. yeah. No, the original and, one is Below Deck, yeah. and that follows Captain Lee and his rotating crew of yachties, yeah, as the people who work on yachts are called, in the Caribbean. Then there's below-deck Mediterranean with Captain Sandy.
4: Oh, of yeah. course, they, can, they and, can do so many of them. Yeah. yeah,
3: and now there's below, for the past couple of years, has been below-deck sailing, sailing yacht. Sailing yacht. With uh, with Captain Quen, that Quebecois, Captain Glenn, sorry. Cap- yeah, Québécois, Captain
2: Glenn. Super who, daddy. Yeah, barely a captain, honestly. Right. Like, <laughs> like really just wants and, to be liked. Just, he's the absolutely. only captain who shares a bedroom yeah. with
3: someone. Oh, and I think it was Tom who was, co- who was on the upper bunk in... Captain Glenn's room. Yeah. Coming in like ruinously drunk every night. And every Captain single Glenn's night. Just on his on his iPad watching probably P Valley or something. <laughs> yeah. Trying to because the crew gets ruinously drunk between cruises. Yeah. What else is And there then they to have do? to pull it together. Charters, excuse me, charters. That's yeah. what they call them. Because every other day there's a new charter guest, and the charter guests are it's this wonderful Venn diagram of people who are so loathsomely wealthy that they would charter a yacht for a week in the Mediterranean or the, or the um, Croatia or wherever they are for hundreds of thousands of dollars for a week, but are not so wealthy that they would own a yacht. So they're kind of like weirdly beat wealthy and overlapping with people who are, So loathsome that they want to be on television on their extremely expensive vacation.
2: Oh, yeah. And they also have to pay to be on the show. Like, they aren't just paying for the yacht trip. They also pay to be with the Below Deck crew. That's Really? That's a premium? Yeah. Seth Rogen's also a fan of the show. And he was, like, approached by the producers. And they were like, would you ever want to be on it? And they gave him the rate list. And he was like, this is wild. Why would I pay money to be on your show?
4: (laughs) I like I like that they still were going to try to get Seth Rogen to pay. That's, yeah, I
1: don't.
3: That's, I think you right. could I, maybe I comp give him respect Seth for that. Seth Rogen,
4: right? I don't know, man. They're running a business. Like
2: money is money. <laughs> I feel like that'd be a great episode, though. I would watch that.
4: Just the contract negotiations between Seth Rogen and the producers and of the Below producers Deck. of Below Deck, honestly. Right. <laughs> best we can do, Seth, is thirty grand. He's like, it's yeah. not working for me.
3: That's I our know best that and final. Uh, the actor and. Uh, and special guest star of Dicktown, Town, um, Paget Brewster. Yes. Uh, who's on an episode of Dick Town and she's a wonderful actor and she's in Criminal Minds and Thrilling Adventure Hour. She really wanted to get our friends, Paula Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins, some of their other friends, to go on Below Deck as a charter. Please group. do this. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I think they got turned down because they were too nice. Like, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they all feel like they'd be too nice. I mean, they'd be too sympathetic to the crew. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, meanest celebrities you know who should be on Below Deck. Who are they? (laughs) Oh,
3: meanest celebrities. If I knew one. Yeah.
4: Present company excluded?
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. Present company excluded. I mean, I think probably the the perfect Below Deck charter guest has already happened, which is Roy Orbison Jr., (laughs) who is a person who clearly struggles with alcohol addiction. Yeah. Uh, has nothing going on in his life other than being the son of Roy Orbison. It's a lot to and go off of. Is so so such a sad figure that he could he wasn't even a monster, but he got out of control a couple of times. Yeah,
2: from drinking. It was, that was
3: hard. That was a little bit hard. to Yeah, watch. so maybe that's like, not the best guess.
2: Yeah, they they don't like to cut anybody off because that could mess up their tip at the end. So they just keep feeding them alcohol the whole time. Oh
3: yeah, I know it's all about that tip. And our yeah. son and I have bets on how big the tip is going to be. Every
2: time you got to bet yeah. on how big the tip is going to be, you get they get that giant like envelope of cash, and you're like,
3: "What's it going to be? Twelve k, twenty k?" How come 20K? they always put it in that ratty white why mailing?
2: Mail yeah, why mail it? Yeah,
3: why? Why can't they just venmo it? Why Wouldn't think? that be so incredible if you had a little attaché t- case for your tip? I feel like at this point they could just keep one on the boat and like
2: you know people use it like they put it out and you know.
3: The one of the, was it this season where the woman, there was a a woman who had had either dental surgery or for some other reason, her jaw was wired shut.
2: Oh yeah. And
3: she couldn't like eat anything on the boat and she couldn't eat anything, but she insisted that every meal that the chef prepared for everyone else be liquefied for her.
2: Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) That's the kind of people who go on these, on these trips. It's amazing. Uh, he's
3: putting like a filet mignon into a Vitamix. It was <laughs> mm, It was something to say. Slurry. You got to admire
2: that dedication. <laughs> but David, what are you watching? Do you do right do, you now, do reality stuff? What are you into? I'm watching
4: two series right now. One is on Sunday nights on HBO. It's like a six-part documentary series called The, the Anarchist.
0: Oh, Have you heard about that?
2: Oh yeah. Oh, I've been watching The Anarchist. Okay. It's horrible it's, people.
4: <laughs> it's it's really wild. I started watching it because I thought it was going to be the type of anarchists that I find kind of interesting, who are like actual political anarchists coming from like a hard left tradition. Mm, yeah. But it's actually anarcho-capitalists who are just (laughs) Bitcoin people who don't like paying taxes. Exactly.
2: Most of them are just scammers. I like the part where every time they disagree with one of the conferences, they're like, so we're going to put on our own conference. Anarcho-forco. Yeah. Yeah, anarcho-forco. And then like anarcho They were trying to build this
4: utopia in Acapulco, Mexico, and suffice to say, everything kind of fell apart. Yeah. But it's, I mean, there's some genuine tragedy on it. But also for me, it's kind of like a, this is going to sound so awful, but it's kind of like a hate watch. Like I really have a lot of contempt for most of the people on the show, except for maybe there's one normal person who was a part of that community and then moved to Belize.
2: Oh yeah. I did like her, except I don't know. She kept being like, I just, I realized she's like the only black woman in it. And she keeps being like. I realized I was like an outsider among outsiders. And it's like, yeah, what did you think hanging out with like a bunch of crypto bros? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: (laughs) I really like it. And as much as I hate that I can't binge it, I do kind of look forward to Sunday nights. And it's been a long time since I've watched something where you got to wait around and wait for it. Yeah. You know,
2: like I admire that places that still do that. Yeah. What are these crazy kids going to get into this week?
3: Oh, let me just say, I was going to watch The Anarchist last night. That would have been my plan. Because I know you've been talking about it lately. Oh right! I was very excited to watch it, but then David gave me a different homework that I had to watch this movie, this three-hour movie. Oh, did you watch it?
0: <laughs> it of course I What did What'd you
3: think of it? American <laughs> oh. Honey from
1: 2016 with Shia great, LaBeouf and great Sarah
3: Lane. I haven't seen it. I look forward to talking with you about it after we finish our TV podcast yeah, now, Yeah, if David. you could,
2: please respect the saying. I did ask what it was, but now I don't care anymore because yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, but my plan it. was to so... watch The
3: Anarchist af- after it, and then I'm watching it. like, how long is this movie? Two hours and forty-five minutes. That's too long. You tricked see, me. That was some serious homework. Yeah, see, me.
2: instead of that, you should watch five one hour episodes of a documentary series. See that well, I could have.
3: Right. I yeah. could have easily.
2: <laughs> My favorite part is when they set up the Bitcoin ATM and as soon as they start using it, they're like, and the cops found us.
4: Yeah, Interpols swooped down and got it.
2: Yeah. It's immediately. Just yeah, I don't it's like People who want really, really want to be political activists and just are too silly to to make it happen. And the second anything serious happens, they're all like, "Well, we're anarchists. We don't need to care." <laughs> like we. <Yeah. laughs>
3: but I feel like there's so so much online and in culture right now of people passing themselves out as smarty pants by simply being automatic contrarians who are always like, "What? W- what if oxygen?" wasn't what we needed to breathe right what if it was nitrogen who's to say like oh yeah
2: and you could say that and they'd invite you to Anarchopoco the conference and have you you know they'd pay you a million dollars to say that to people and they'd all be like that's a good point that's a good point yeah Yeah. uh what's the other series you said you're watching
4: oh the other series i have mixed feelings about and at this point i'm only watching it because everybody loves it and that's the uh fx series the bear about the guy who works in the, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which looks incredible. It's shot really beautifully, and I really like all the actors. And I the lead dude's biceps is inspiring. Me inspiring. To get back into oh, the gym. D- again, Jeremy Allen. Really fills out
2: a t-shirt. He does, he does. And they, um, they cut that t-shirt yeah. to his biceps. Oh, yeah, that's like a... That's they, yeah. Vulture did an interview with the costume designer, and they built oh, that really? t-shirt around that man's body. Yeah. So that's why he looks better than
4: me, because he's got somebody who's making custom t-shirts. Yeah, yeah his that's baggy what it is. Thing. Okay, got it. All right, got it. That makes me feel better. Now I don't resent the show anymore. I love it. <laughs> So that's all we're watching. That's all I got. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I was talking to a friend about this last night. I really just watched TikTok. I started watching TikTok like <laughs> six weeks ago. And I have to say, no disrespect to television, which I love. and Fair yeah, <laughs> But once you unlock that TikTok portal, it's like, why would I spend 22 <laughs> minutes watching the same thing? I can knock out... 40 TikTok videos in that amount of time.
2: Yeah, and they're <laughs> so funny. Content from around the world. Yeah. yeah, and people are so funny on there. Come people on. People are like...
4: so freaking funny and the editing and the just the production yeah. skills like you see like an 11-year-old make a video
2: with like B-roll and a reverse and a, and a cutaway. Yeah. And a and soundtrack. Cutaway How and a are they doing that on their phones? It's so crazy. Yeah. And then also there's like five puns in it and it's like funnier than anything you've And seen then somebody else makes and, a like, duet like, and brings <laughs> out this other subtext that
4: you never even considered that actually the original yeah. TikTok video was actually a text about queerness and capitalism. You, I didn't know that until this other person made a duet. It's crazy. It's so creative.
2: Yeah. It's so yeah. freaking creative. I, I remember when I first got lost in my like first TikTok hole I lost like a good month of time and then I had to pull yeah. myself out. I had to stop mm. using the app.
4: That's mm. where I'm at now. I'm watching guys in the South go out and look for snakes and frogs and make fun of them. And that's what I do now instead of watching TV. It's
3: called frogging and snaking.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Check out Trap House Nature. It's a guy in <laughs> Georgia.
3: So good. Just, All he does is like of go to petting
4: zoos and pet stores and make fun of the animals. And then he goes fishing. <laughs> It's the best. TikTok is so amazing.
3: Yeah. John, are you on TikTok? No, I feel like I'm going to do it now. I mean, I, I remember when David said, I just started watching TikTok. And I noticed that my television and movie viewing homework went way down. <laughs> yeah. David is usually recommending good things for me to watch. And all right. of a sudden... You yeah, should watch nothing. this. You
4: should watch that.
2: Blah, Are blah, you one blah, of those blah. friends who like sends TikToks to all your friends? Like, oh, you gotta watch this one. You gotta like. No,
4: because I, I mean, I do sometimes, but I really do restrain myself because I know I can be overbearing, and I also know the pressure of somebody sending you like fifty TikToks in a row, and yeah. it's like I don't want to watch all. Hey, send me some
3: TikToks. That's the kind of homework. I don't want this right. two-hour and forty-five-minute. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maybe I'm putting like, all that. You, you, be the guy drama. who watch. You be the guy who has to focus on something for three hours, and let me be the TikTok.
3: <laughs> I mean, I watched a Shia LaBeouf movie for yeah, you. just send on. me some all right, TikToks. All right, I'll send, send you some, some TikToks. Good TikToks. He's I'll send earned you some it. Good TikToks. I was left my own devices last week. I decided to check out finally. and This is the last thing that I'll talk about. I just, I really enjoyed Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Ah, uh, yeah. I just found it so charming and so like to first of all to watch a show that is episodic. Like it's yeah. been such a, it's been a while it has been a while where it's a story of the week. I love right? it.
2: I love and, a story of the
3: week. And I also love all of the actors on it. I think they're all terrific. I go, I go both ways with the Star Wars and the Star Treks. I don't have a preference <laughs> one way or the other. Because they offer very, very different things. And what Star Trek always offered, and I discovered this when I watched The Next Generation in syndication, because it was always in syndication in, back in college. It's just so calming because... It's about a self-selected, a, a family of choice, all very competent at their jobs and all of their jobs are meaningful and they take great fulfillment in their jobs and they treat each other respectfully and professionally at all times, unless they're being controlled by a space brain or they're in the, yeah, yeah. the, the beard universe or whatever. Yeah. Until something happens, right? And it mixes it up. And every episode I would watch The Next Generation is like, please, nothing happened. I just want to watch <laughs> these people be nice to,
4: other people like spending time with their friends
2: i just yeah and
3: yeah and it's they call
2: it the ted lassofication of tv where people just want to see people be nice i, I love oh, i love ted
3: lasso and i understand that not everyone does i don't want to get into. i love big,
2: it we're fancier yeah
3: okay i mean you know it's like but this one is just like okay new story every time i was uh. just it really it was really nostalgic for me and it looks great and anson mount is great all the cast is terrific rebecca romaine is back oh, i loved it. love rebecca romaine star star trek strange new worlds okay
2: it's it's going to go on our homework list so everybody checks it out next week even, what network is that on or streamer uh, or paramount GM? plus P plus. Paramount plus. Okay. P plus. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that Paramount Plus is known enough that we can just call it P plus yet.
3: No, <laughs> we're, we're going to get it started, and they're going to okay. love it. <laughs> huh? Hey, check so, out the new Star Trek's on P plus. P, P plus. <laughs> Streaming
4: so, on P plus. <laughs> get it like how P streams from your urethra. Boom.
2: <laughs> so speaking of of these shows where people are nice to each other, uh, town Let's get into it.
3: First of all, I just need to say, Ashley, thank you for inviting me on the podcast. And I need to explain to David that the reason that we're here is that I said something on Twitter right after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Uh-huh. To the tune of, for everyone who says that voting doesn't work, well, it worked in 2016 for the Republicans. Uh huh. We were all having feelings in the moment.
2: Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, short-term thing. Yeah, that makes sense to say. Well-
3: <laughs>
0: it yeah, doesn't what? make
2: sense to say anything on Twitter.
3: No one True. needed my thoughts. I have to remind myself a lot on Twitter. It's Like, does anyone need me to say anything here? No. I'm yeah. I'm learning every uh, day. Say no, less on but Twitter. Ashley, I needed you because Ashley <laughs> saw that and took me apart, <laughs> reminding me and in, and instructing me that it was not not merely voting or legal voting that brought the Republicans to victory here. But gener- generations of disenfranchisement, destroying sex education uh, plans, uh, right. yeah, uh, yeah, gerrymandering, yeah. everything. Yeah, and, and bombing like, right. abortion clinics. They yes. they
2: bomb, and you know, I think they erase themselves or distance themselves from that history of violence. And people say now, well, you know, these the silent majority of America, they're so patient and polite, and they just go vote and they make this happen. It's like right. no. They killed people, they bombed yeah, places, they terrified doctors yes. from even performing abortions in certain places. Uh, and, you know, we forget that history, and I
3: brought it up. <laughs> I was very grateful to be reminded. It's the one good thing about Twitter for me now is like, yeah, when I, when I pop up to say something, when I'm wrong, people will tell me, and I love hearing about how wrong I am.
2: Yeah, and it was so. one of the rare instances where you were like, "Oh yeah, huh? I'm learning. Yeah, learning. Yeah, that makes sense." Instead of what a lot of people on Twitter do, which is they want to dig just in, fight, dig in, Double and be down. wrong, and yeah, then, you
3: know, that's, that's what 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 are you fighting for at that point? Like, just listen to each other, you know. And and you're abs- you're absolutely right. And I, I what I you know I was just in that in that vibe of like people going like doesn't matter who we vote for. Apparently, it's like well, yeah.
2: It's like it yeah. does matter. I mean, they wouldn't have been That's able to do part, it without it's part voting. Of it. it's part, it's like, but it's yes yeah. and
3: yes <laughs> and exactly. And- I was like, this person is so right, and I hadn't followed you before. Now I'm a super follower. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All You're right. welcome.
2: If you super follow, you mostly just get TV recommendations before everyone else. When I remember to, I post love them.
3: them. I love them. But, but then you turn around and me... watch Dicktown, and say yeah. it was good. And I was like, this is the greatest interaction I've yeah. had on social media because <laughs> I was like, well, what? I was like, what has wife? John
2: Hodgman been up to
3: lately? What's he yeah, been doing? What? And what?
2: then I look, and I'm like, oh, there's like two seasons of a show. Let's get into this. And I am glad I found it that weekend after the you know all this Roe v. Wade stuff. I was in a horrible mood, and Dicktown lifted me up being so funny and just I think what what really pulled me in is I get a little irritated with older men in Hollywood comedians who are always like I'm afraid of dealing with younger generations these millennials and Gen Z I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing I'm afraid I'll do this and watching Dicktown I did not get any sense of that fear you guys kind of just address all of these generational gaps you make fun of yourselves you kind of make fun of the teenagers. It just felt very fresh to me. And, oh, you know, I, I didn't get the sense that you were in the writer's room like, oh no, can we do this? Is this okay? I don't remember if there was ever anything that we decided not to do.
4: All those guys complaining, like, I can't say, it's all, I don't know. This all just bullshit to me. It's
3: stupid. Yeah. You're talking about guys saying, I'm going to get canceled if I go do comedy at a college. Yeah, now, I can't or go whatever. play at colleges like, because. Yeah. They,
4: yeah.
3: Originally when we got asked if we had an idea to do something in animation for FX's anthology show cake, which is how Dickstown started, we had been banding around wanting to do kind of a comedic reboot of Simon and Simon, this old 1980s, uh, two, two brothers live on a houseboat and solve mysteries in Santa Barbara or something like that. Like real, just kind of like stuff from our childhood. And then we came up with this idea that it was like this elderly encyclopedia Brown and his former bully, and then we pitched this whole thing. And of course, like with most most guys our age, we were making it all about ourselves. And it wasn't really clicking. And, and FX wasn't really happy with our outline. And then David had the smart idea, which was to streamline it to, if he solved mysteries for teenagers when he was a teenager, he should just solve mysteries for teenagers. Now, <laughs> all the clientele should be teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and that was like perfect. And what that introduced was there was going to be an element of generational, you know, friction and conflict. And then I also remember David at Little Purity when you pitched the mystery that we did with Anna Akana as Meg, which is they get hired. You know, there are some mysteries that are like a thing gets stolen, but there are other mysteries that are just true mysteries to people who are who are our age or the character's age, which is like this high schooler has been hooking up with a guy and she doesn't know if they're dating and she hires private detectives to find out if the guy thinks they're dating and the private detectives have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> because certainly when I was in high school, if you were hooking up with someone, you were definitely dating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so is that, that kind of stuff. But I mean, from the beginning, it was very clear that we wanted, this is about two man children who have failed to thrive and grow up. And they, the, all of the teenagers all of them are better adults than the two main characters are. Yeah, are, you know they're better at adulting than the two main characters are.
2: Yeah, I think most of the people in the show are better at kind of everything than the two yeah. main characters. Yeah, yeah I think. Uh, David, yeah. did you get on TikTok as research to to better no, understand it teenagers? No, re- man, it really bumps me out.
4: I didn't get on TikTok till like like I said, maybe like a month and a half ago. You know, I'd heard about it, and I guess every so often, if something went super viral, I would see it like everybody singing Sea Shanties or something. Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: I don't know. Our first episode was about Instagram bullying. That's about as, that's about as, yeah, uh, that's right. That was one of the
4: few social media references.
3: Yeah, that's, that's where we were at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And it was made in 2017, and it's, you know, Gene Gray's character is a cosplayer who's getting harassed online because she uh her character is black and she's cosplaying as aquaman and and some alt-right creeps are very angry about erasing the white history of aquaman (laughs) uh and we trace it to a vape store proprietor played by zach galifianakis who's this alt-right creep and originally i think his name was going to be Alt right dodd it was gonna be his name right (laughs) but uh you know like that's that's kind of the that is the only reference that I, I'm. I guess I feel glad to say this, but feels a little bit really 2017. Yeah, all that alt righty moment. And whether yeah. It's okay yeah, it it. yeah, it was after Charlottesville. Yeah, it right. was after Charlottesville. Yeah, because
2: I feel like even the jokes the teenagers have feel just they're just funny. They're kind of timeless. I feel like a lot of times people. They just kind of pull whatever from Twitter, or social media, and right. throw it in the mouths of their younger characters. But yeah. your your jokes are just so good. I one of my favorite oh, moments I knew when I knew it was my favorite show is when they're talking to the rich black kid and he sings Tucker. some tuck, yeah, and he like starts singing something, and they're <laughs> like, That's beautiful. Wow. And he's just like, That's the first time I've ever sang in my life. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's a David joke. Ronald <laughs> Pete <laughs> is the
4: actor, he's really oh, great. Yeah. Ronald Pete. But Tucker is the kind of, he was kind of indicative of like the whole thing was like to have these guys have to stumble around and work for these young people who, who they don't, it's like almost a different, it's not just a different generation, it's almost like a different species or it's just, You know, with gender fluidity or with um, people trying on identities or, you know, fashion and stuff, that's just so fundamentally different than, I mean, in a good way, like, I think it's very admirable. That's just so different from the world that older people grew up in, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we we grew up in a very, so I am uh, old, we grew up in a very segmented, segregated culture by lots of definitions. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, black, white, but also just in terms of, like, what radio station you listen to. Uh, What's, you know, at Brookline High School in Brookline, Massachusetts, you know, you had the freak stairs and you had the metal stairs and you had the the freaks (laughs) were the stoners and the metal kids were the metal kids. And then, you know, the black kids were over there under that arch and there were the drama people who never, and no one really interacted. And you were defined by one brand of music and style you listen to, yeah. which record store you went to or whatever. And one thing I did notice coming up as, as as our kids were getting older was they were, you know, just because of the way culture is disseminated. Now they were sampling culture without any of that baggage of like, who listens to what and what does it mean to listen to something just in terms of music? You know, they had, they had in a, the palm of their hands, Uh, Access to all music ever recorded, pretty much, (laughs) and all television ever made, except for now that they're erasing television on HBO. Yeah, now that things are disappearing, I know it's like going old school.
2: Yeah, and I think my generation was kind of the—I'm 30. I was born in the 90s, so very millennial. But I think my generation was the last one that grew up with you watch the TV that's on that you don't get get good choices. Like I, I love Golden Girls because that's what came on after cartoons. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, that's what I was told was important. And then I talked to kids today and they're just like, what is the Golden Girls? Why would I watch that? And I'm just, I'm shocked.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the watching the TV, that's why I like getting homework from David Reese and, and from your watch lists, <laughs> Ashley, because I need someone to just yeah. tell me this is what's well,
2: on. Apparently all you're going to have are my watch lists because David's been lost to TikTok now. So. Lost to TikTok.
3: But yeah, you know, like all that was kind of our model You know, and I know, you know, we know people who are millennials and younger and so forth. And the younger generations than ours have a lot to be angry about and anxious about and frustrated with, especially with us. Let's stipulate to that. But they also just have been able to draw culturally, like the world felt, at least from our perspective in the show, less anxious to these kids than it felt to us, where we had to define who we were. John Hunchman was the smart nerd. David Purefoy was the um, was the sort of agro bully, <laughs> and neither of our characters felt really comfortable just being labeled in that way. And now we're engaging with a whole generation of kids in the show, and you know, young people, teenagers to, to millennials in the show who didn't grow up with labels in the same way, and they yeah. just seem com- comparably to us very liberated, and allows our characters to stop thinking of ourselves in those ways and to become friends instead of sort of bickering enemies the whole time.
2: Yeah. I love uh, the episode where uh, there's the, the kids like are having the party in the woods and David's like, I can do a keg stand. I can do all this. And they just do not care. <laughs> like they just do not party right. the same way. They're like, what? Yeah. Like, right. You know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Right. The party pines was where David and his friends used to, Do bongs, and and now it's more like a TED talk.
2: Yeah, now it's just like where the kids sit and on their phones and yeah, yeah, exactly. Innovate, Yeah. yeah, innovate.
0: There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mer somehow being different words. To be, it's more popular than being French.
1: See you in there. offer subject to change valid for qualified residential customers only service not available in all areas restrictions apply
2: But I I want to ask about Dick Town and kind of how it came to be I feel like it's such a different project for both of you from what you've worked on in the past uh, how did it feel kind of really focusing on animation
4: well, we had done a little animation together years and years ago. We had an online thing at Wired called Code Fellas, where I wrote it and John acted in it and Brian Spinks directed it. But that animation and Emily, was- And Emily Heller, Heller, co-star. Emily Heller, yeah, was Love the other Emily. co-star. Yeah. It's what you call a two-hander. There were only two characters and it was rotoscoped. It wasn't traditional animation. We filmed actors and then traced it. Uh, Flat Black Studio in Austin did that. So we had done a little animation together in the past, but working on Dicktown was my first time, and I guess your first time, really working with a a traditional animation studio, Floyd County in Atlanta. They make Archer. So they have a lot of experience with this kind of stuff, and they're extremely patient and helpful in helping John and I understand how to actually make the show. All the different steps, you know, from, you know, recording to storyboarding to making the animatics, just all that stuff. They were very helpful. It was a huge learning curve. And I think the second season, we made it in maybe half the time of the first season just because we had a system set up and it was just much more efficient. Um, They also helped Matt Thompson was the executive producer and he helped Hodgman and I learn how to direct voice acting. Voice Mm -hmm. acting, you probably know, is like really different from traditional on screen acting. And once we got locked in on directing the voice actors ourselves when we didn't need Matt to help us direct, I mean, he's a great director, but that also felt like a, that feels like one of the things that I'm most grateful for that was most rewarding was learning how to direct voice actors because that's super fun and super exciting. And you can always find, Something in the booth with the actor in the moment that you would never have thought of on the page when you were writing it. And that discovery is like so fun.
2: What would be your number one tip for voice actors? Because I think, David, specifically your character in the show, like hearing your voice now, it feels so different. But when I watch the show and hear your voice, I'm like, that is so perfect to this Jerk character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am He's
4: usually so a nice jerk. Now. I would just want to <laughs> let you know I am usually a jerk. Um, I'm just kind of tired today for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> Too tired to jerk. I usually am screaming and really obnoxious and stuff. Um, that's not. Adv-
3: that's not advi- true. But- <laughs> advice for voice actors. I
4: will say that we worked with a lot of different um, voice actors, and there were a couple times where we would work with someone who had a lot of experience voice acting and the thing that was like so astonishing to me and the thing that i can't do is is when somebody you can ask for a different read like let's try it like this now maybe it's a little sad rather than angry and the people who can just turn on a dime and do that and just give you option after option after option that's amazing because yeah. mm-hmm. when I was directing, I would always just try to cover all my bases. Maybe it's because I'm indecisive and I don't trust my own dialogue. But when I would direct, I would just try to get every possible read of something. If it's actual advice for voice actors, I would say it's important to understand the character and to get inside the character. But it's also really good to not be so wedded to your interpretation of the character that if the director asks for like a read that's like really out there or really different than what you're expecting, to then also be able to do that while still honoring your sense of the character is like a really great skill. Yeah. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. That's okay. awesome. Because I, I feel like there's just such a distinct you now and then you on the show. It, I hear you kind of stepping into the character. Yeah.
4: Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting because I never voice acted before and I'm convinced I wouldn't have been able to do it if I wasn't just playing like a more hyped up version of myself. So, yeah.
3: I th- I think that I think that you need to be, and I'd be curious if other people like if you have IO on the show to talk to her about voice acting on big mouth or whatever, but like, I think you need to be big, a little bit bigger.
4: Oh yeah. When your voice acting. Cause you don't, yeah. you
3: don't have, you don't have anything else to work with, but your voice and the voiceover that I, when I started doing cartoon voices, I kind of, I, I listened back to some of those early performances and I'm like, where am I? Like, where's, where's the character? What's going on? I've, I've, I kind of sound to me like I'm 30 feet away from the microphone and half asleep because you know, I'm not putting all of my performance into the voice. I'm probably still doing some eyebrow work. I do some incredible eyebrow work in (laughs) that. And Um, and
2: your character is obviously more kind of low energy nerdy. How do you kind of play with that where you don't have the,
3: you know, I think that that's, close to who I would normally be. Yeah, low-energy nerdy, know-it-all-y. Know it all I mean, an exagger- both characters are exaggerations of certain aspects of ourselves. And definitely, you know, when I was growing up, I was the indoor kid, only child, Agatha Christie reading weirdo who went to high school with a suitcase instead of a back I mean a briefcase instead of a backpack so amazing that you did that. yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean a lot that, yeah, a lot of incredible. affectation and pretension and a lot of like you know I didn't play sports I rushed home after school <laughs> to listen to fresh air that kind of stuff real I was really con- I really fancied yeah. myself a sophisticate
2: all of this does come through in the character yeah
3: <laughs> yeah and I and I feel like you know I could have been more like John Hunchman growing up without the important intervention of certain people in my life, including the person who's now my wife, kind of getting me out of my ruts and my free and my my fears. Um, but you know, in the in the world of Dicktown, John Hunchman never had a wife until he met David Fearfoy. So, oh yeah, work wife, work yeah. wife. I work do wives. really
2: feel like at the end of the day, it's it's a romance
3: between those two. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, yeah, yeah we
4: definitely structured the second season to have a big blow up fight you know like it looks like the end of their relationship we did model it after like a traditional rom-com type of um arc you know
2: yeah and so obviously I brought you on because I love the show I want people to watch it more importantly I want them to watch it so you get a third season I want more of it. That would of be it. awesome. Would would be, it, we'd where love to make more. Char- yeah, where do you see the characters going? You know, if you followed kind of a rom-com theme last season, what, what are you hoping you get to do?
3: Well, it's interesting. I mean, we, we finished it, it feels like two seconds ago that we finished it. And then we're immediately promoting it to be on FX and Hulu. And, you know, I don't think we had many conversations about where to go because we didn't want to jinx anything. And at the current moment, we don't know if we'll ever get to make more episodes maybe we maybe we can i don't know where they would go so dicktown's
4: richardsville is pretty it's like a loose homage to the town i grew up in in north carolina chapel hill which is the unc town yeah and uh ben folds is from yeah exactly chapel hill had a high school girls uh jump rope team that made it to the international jump rope competition finals in paris france a few years ago i think and i always thought like it would be pretty cool if They had to accompany a a jump rope team to Paris to uh, something sketchy was going on behind the scenes.
2: I I thought you were going to be like, and they all disappeared. Right, (laughs) And and
4: all of the
3: girls from the school disappeared.
4: Right. They're all frogging in some French person's house. They all decided to stay in Paris. (laughs) Jump rope team in the walls.
3: A lot of the style of the the visual style of the show that Floyd County created was purposefully very Hanna-Barbera. It did was supposed to evoke a little of that scooby doo vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh and you know, then like we, we were talking about a kind of going in a Josie and the Pussycats spin-off where uh Monica, who's played by Jean Gray, uh, Meg who's played by Anna Akana, and um Lance, who's the juvenile delinquent played by Griffin Newman of the of the tick, um get kidnapped and go into space. <laughs> <laughs> Normal stuff I don't know what like they that. do in space exactly. People love space. You remember how Josie and the Pussycats w- went to space for some yeah. reason? They were. I, did they start in space? I always thought space? that was
4: a girl show. I never watched it.
3: <laughs> oh, come on. Back in the day? Yeah. Josie and the This is you one know, of the greatest back lyrics when, ever like,
2: written. Every cartoon would just be like, let's just do a space episode. Let's make, yeah, let's right. go make them go like, into space. Yeah, Flintstones right. in space. Why not?
3: Oh, I mean, it was that Star Wars boom. Jo- yeah. Josie and the pussy cats Here's the best lyric long tails and ears for hats. I've never stopped <laughs> thinking about that. Wow. Because they wear those little ears. There's yeah, little, the, it's
2: yeah. very accurate. More theme songs should just be about what the, they
3: wear,
4: describing what the character is yeah. wearing. That's what I'm saying about the bear. I need to be grounded so that I understand <laughs> the world. Yeah. To be like, law and order, men in suits and ties. Women in pantsuits with badges on the side. (laughs) Criminals with five o'clock shadows and rolled up sleeves. It's law and order for me. Why isn't that the theme song? That's a great song. Now I know exactly what to, now I know what the characters will be wearing.
2: And if you're out there, that was on the fly. He just made that. that, So yeah, that's right. If you're looking for a theme song.
3: (laughs) Speaking of Rockford and theme songs, David and I, went deep into the vault and watched an episode of the Rockford file starring Jim Garner. Oh yeah. From 1970s. And I was just reminded, like there, there are whole shows that are the length of theme songs from the seventies and eighties now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, that's a banging theme song. If you've never heard it, uh, kids you don't have to watch the show. Cause it's longer yeah, just and boring. Rock, yeah, it's than, not, yeah. you know, and it's Rockford not about files
2: theme. It's not even about Rockford, Illinois, so. No, I
3: know. I was just,
2: it was a tenuous
3: (laughs) connection. I apologize.
2: uh, I just always have to tell, you know, they always bring it up and I have to be like, it's actually not, you know, his, yeah.
3: People are always bringing this up to you. That makes sense.
2: They're always bringing it up to me. I bet you like the Rockford Files, huh? Rockford, I'm like, it's not about, you know, yeah. But (laughs) actually, Ben Folds has a song where he he references Rockford, or Rockford Files. But anyway, that is full Uh, circle. (laughs) There we go. That's a good callback, John. Boom! I want to thank my wonderful guests today, John Hodgman and David Reese. Go watch Dicktown. Go watch it on Hulu. Hulu. If yeah, if you do have, I don't know, just the FX app, go watch it on that too. Mm, it's I don't so know that funny. that
3: exists anymore.
2: The I don't FX think app. it exists anymore. Yeah, it's like all FX, Hulu. go. Yeah, just go to Hulu. Go watch it. it. It's it'll be there by the bear, whatever. Alphabetically, probably. So scroll Close past by, yeah. the bear and go to Dicktown.
3: I think I think Hulu has been uh, has been uh, destroying it lately with the shows. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a really good job. enjoying their shows a lot. Not just ours, but The Bear. Yeah, but The, the drop Bear, out. The
4: Dropout, uh, Reservation Dogs is good. Res- oh, I love Reservation. I got to watch Dogs. that. I got to watch that. Those yeah. kids are really great. Yeah. Speaking and of you know like what's young people,
3: so awesome about uh, they're not erasing shows. Yeah. The shows don't just disappear. Maybe the third season of Dicktown will be John and David trying to find all these missing <laughs> shows. Uh-huh. They took
4: my shows. Where are my shows? Where are my shows? Yeah. I have to go get them off some server somewhere.
3: Hey, everybody. Dicktown is the show that we made. There are, there are 20 episodes over two seasons. Each one is 11 minutes long. You do the math. That's barely a, a quarter of an Avengers movie. You have Ooh. time to watch it. You got time. And- but I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Here, here comes the. This is gonna be the incentive. Hulu's gonna erase it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> who no, could who, erase it anytime? And you don't know when Hulu's gonna erase any. You don't. You can't count on these shows sticking around anymore. Not at all.
1: Life is fleeting. Uh, anything could happen
3: yeah. to anyone. The FBI could come and raid Hulu tomorrow and and take it all and away. Take it
2: all. Take it so all. please watch Dicktown on Hulu
3: and, and let a friend know and say a thing online about it. Because it's just, there are so, too many shows. It's hard.
2: Yeah, me. it's a lot of shows. It's hard for people to, to find all the good things. But I think we're in this like adult animation. Renaissance, Dicktown is part of it.
3: Go check it out. Thank you. Ashley, thank you thank so you. much.
2: Really appreciate that. And, and wait, do you want to you plug your socials? Do you want the people to follow you? I'm good.
3: Mm. What
2: are you Fair on TikTok, enough. David? Yeah, what's your TikTok? Actually, I couldn't
4: believe this name was available. <laughs> My TikTok username <laughs> is TikTok Star David.
3: <laughs> TikTok. TikTok,
4: TikTok. TikTok Star, Star David. David. <laughs> All one word. Yeah. David. Okay. I'm, I'm mostly using it for musical experiments though. So
3: I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna download TikTok and follow David.
2: Just follow on David TikTok on TikTok. Star
3: David. Yeah. <laughs> David is also at David Reese on Twitter and at This Is David Reese on Instagram. Oh, nice. And David is also the co host of a great podcast called Election Profit Makers with his old friend from elementary school, John Kimball, down there in North Carolina. Right. This is very, very fun.
2: Gosh, with friends like these, you never need to memorize your own plugs, David. This is amazing. I like this. I,
4: John <laughs> did get my Twitter name wrong, but that's fine because okay. I'm not on Twitter anymore.
3: Is it David underscore Reese? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I got it wrong because it's stupid. Yeah, but t- who wants platform.
2: to be on Twitter? It's sad.
3: I'm on Twitter at Hodgman <laughs> if you ever want to sit around and wait for someone smart like Ashley to <laughs> school me in all my terrible takes. <laughs> yeah, Help me be a better person. That's it's a where great I'll follow. Be. Boom. <laughs> yeah, at Hodgman, and uh, I'm on, I'm on Instagram at John Hodgman. And Hodgman, by the way. I don't care because people make some mistake all the time, but you're going go to go the wrong person. It's H-O-D-G-M-A-N. No, e, yeah. no e. Ian Hodgman. No Ian e. Hodgman. I host the Judge John Hodgman podcast on the Maximum Fund Network every Wednesday it comes out. I, I oh, adjudicate yeah. real-world disputes with my friend Jesse Thorne on Judge John Hodgman. It's a very fun show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Podcasts. Uh, podcasts. They're great. I mean, there's too much TV, but there's not enough podcasts. Not enough podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, right? I about say. Say. <laughs> Talk about something
4: there's not enough of.
2: <laughs> Hi, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. I want to thank my guests so much again for joining me, John and David. What a just what a fun conversation. Oh, yeah, like I said, you got to watch Dicktown. Oh, God, I love talking about TV with just wonderful people. I hope you had fun today. Next week. You're going to want to prep. I want you to watch 101 Places to Party Before You Die. I want you to check out some of Ghosts on CBS. Also, Abbott Elementary. You know, it's amazing. Quinta just got her overall deal with Warner Brothers. So go celebrate Abbott Elementary because we're going to get more amazing stuff from her. What a celebration. Uh, And, you know, if you're short on time this week, I'd say the one you got to watch, the thing you got to do, A League of Their Own on Prime Video. It is my pick of the week. You got to do that one. But if you're just trying to, you know, get down, understand, hang with the cool kids, uh, you're going to want to do Industry on HBO Max. That's the show all the cool kids love. I also love it. I think it is so silly and sexy. uh, But the the kids really like it. And if you're needing just some drama, scammer, villain stuff this weekend, I'm going to recommend some documentaries for you. First, there is the series The Con on ABC, which features the wonderful Lacey Mosley from Scam Goddess. So obviously they brought in the pros and then there's also The Most Hated Man on the Internet on Netflix, which is a really scary, terrifying documentary about this woman who tries to take down uh, one of the world's largest abusers of revenge porn on the Internet. Uh, it, it will make you very mad about the patriarchy and men. So those are my top picks of the week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. TV, I say with Ashley Ray, another Episode, another episode. I'd like to thank my guests again, John Hodgman and David Reese. TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Marina Pais and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. You can follow me on social media at the on Instagram and Twitter. Or if you have TV related requests, something you want us to talk about on the podcast. Hit us up at TV I say pod on Instagram and Twitter. And also TV Club has merch at PodSwag.com. Look out for cute weed accessories. I'm talking dab pens, grinders, rolling trays. Uh, I got t-shirts so you can show everyone that you love TV Club. Uh, I got t-shirts that say Justice for the Big Leap. Everything you need. Tell your friends about the show. Make sure to rate and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. For special TV club members, join my Patreon. If you want to tell me what to watch, that's the way to do it. Join the Patreon and I will write about whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. I'll watch TV with you if you want. Uh, but you can find my full archive, ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code say, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. For photos, show notes, transcripts, and more, go to earwolf.com.